0: British TV podcast with Chrissy and Ryan. News, reviews, what's on TV this week, DVD releases, and special features all about British TV. I've
1: got the next three shows all figured out here. We oh. can record them all tonight and just have them oh, there we go. in advance. Yeah. If only we could find out what the BBC was going to show and for when a week Doctor in Doctor Who advance. would be on, yep. Well, that's the easy one, but they're so coy about their schedules. They're only just now releasing week 14 news like it's mm-hmm. the state secret. I don't understand why they play these weird games with ITV. It forces us to go live and have fresh, freshy news. So yep. we're stuck here every week. Anyway, welcome to the British TV Podcast, show number 24. I'm Ryan in Seattle.
0: And Chrissy in Seattle. Dun, dun, dun. In Seattle. We I'm... are Chrissy and Ryan.
1: Okay. Is that the next bit of our theme yeah. song? Okay. we getting it bit, bit by every bit. Week. Okay. i mm-hmm. actually edit it all together or something. Oh, good. That's a good idea. No, you've got to be Probably recorded. be
0: jumping keys there, but that's all right.
1: I was looking around the internet, and on the Deadline Hollywood Daily blog, they have a reporter now in England who prints a lot about British television and movies, and it's kind of a lot of inside baseball talk. And they had an article about the BBC's finally released the funding for development it'd been held up so everyone was having to pay for it out of their own pocket and they mm-hmm. finally got the, the cash flowing again. And in the just the article they had a really interesting comment and it said, quote, "Of course US viewers want cozy period dramas from the BBC, not the sci-fi fantasy that BBC America is currently showing. I guess they mean Doctor Who and mm-hmm. Survivors." The problem is that America is the only market for costume drama. Even if it does win the BBC Emmys, Little Dorrit period only accounts for 15 out of 450 hours of drama. TBS has just announced a remake of Upstairs, Downstairs in partnership with the BBC Worldwide, the BBC's commercial arm. Arts Channel BBC Four is remaking D.H. Lawrence's Edwardian saga, Woman in Love. But UK TV executives still say that the BBC needs to program, quote, more contemporary and less heritage stuff. I thought that was an interesting comment that Americans are the only ones who want costume dramas and that's all that we want from England. Mm-hmm. Do you think that's true? The Not the people to I know that. and you know, but maybe we're unusual. I don't know. Fifteen hours a year. Well, that you know, if you just add up the Lark Rise to Camelford and Cranford, that's more than fifteen mm-hmm. right there, right? And Desperate uh, Romantics. That was period piece. I mean, I Little Dorrit was seven hours long. Yeah. So I, I think this is kind of an oversimplification here. But, you know, the BBC is trying to find its way this year and they're, you know, said that they would put more money into drama. But I just thought it was really interesting that nobody else wants to see people wearing corsets, I guess, except Americans. They're <laughs> so turned on by it. Not that there's a bad shows, but, you know, we like everything. There's a petition to try to get Stephen Fry's quiz show QI shown in the United States despite concerns about how much the rights of to all the images would cost a license. Recently, the petition received its 10,000th signature. I'll put a link on the website if people want to go and sign this. I have no idea. Well, that is to say, I think they have no effect whatsoever. But I guess it makes people feel better. Apparently Stephen Fry and producer John Lloyd?
0: Sure, why not?
1: I don't know. have signed it as well. It's an interesting way of trying to get a show over here, but we'll see if that works. Anyway, this week's episode, we have news, what's on British TV this week, what's running in the United States, DVD releases, and a feature on actress and comedian Mira Syal. So the news, Channel 4's digital network E4 has commissioned two more seasons of its award-winning teen drama Skins, which will hire an entirely new cast for the second time in its short history. Channel 4 said the fourth season, which comes to an end next Thursday on the... Well, actually, yeah, this Thursday, has had outperformed all previous series with an average consolidated audience for its first E4 transmission of 1.3 million viewers. So Skins has turned up on BBC America, so that kind mm-hmm. of ensures them more episodes to come here, but that's certainly planning ahead there.
0: My mother's watched it, so and she liked it.
1: But it's interesting they're not going to try to have 25-year-olds playing teenagers, They, you know, because it's all a teen... Series, they get those mm-hmm. out and bring new ones in, much like Waterloo Road does. I mean, the teachers, well, the teachers come and go there too, but the students definitely graduate on. Also renewed for another two years is Harry Hill's TV Burp, with Hill having signed a multi million pound two year deal with ITV to make more series of TV Burp and You've Been Framed. So we'll be seeing a lot more of Harry Hill, which is doing quite well. I think that was the highest rated show that ITV had on Saturday night. They, Ant and Deck got crushed by BBC's competition.
0: Oh, poor Anton Deck.
1: Well, they're going to get really crushed if they stay on opposite Doctor Who in three weeks, but we'll see about that. So, what's on TV for the week of March 17th to the 23rd? Wednesday is the second season of Carolyn Quentin's family sitcom, The Life of Riley, on BBC One. I did not care for it. It was kind of everything I hate about family sitcoms. Hmm. And even the Radio Times was sort of choosing its words carefully, saying, You know, kids love it. If you're really young, you'll find this an amusing series, but. For us adults, it's kind of a bit of a slog. It's on at 7.30 at night, so it's on fairly early. Hmm. You know, and kids are still be watching. Yeah, I haven't seen it. You're not missing anything. But, you know, we were talking last week about her cop show being axed on ITV, and you were saying, oh, I hope she gets something else. So mm-hmm. here she is back on TV yep. already. Although I'm sure these were in the can. Well, she had quite a manager
0: ago. years ago who stole lots of money from her, but I'm sure she's made back something now. But they were, she was a guest on a talk show I attended in 1999, and they brought that up. But I'm not sure it made transmission. Actually, it was Clive Anderson. i talk, talk. Yeah. And they recorded about 45 minutes, which they edited down to 15 minutes for transmission. So.
1: Just like I do. Ah. <laughs> I'm ruthless.
0: And then throw some clips in there. That's you, not. Not Clive Anderson, but...
1: I saw on the, I think it was the TV Quick website today that uh, Martin Clunes was talking about doing a reunion of Men Behaving Badly, but apparently Carolyn Quentin wasn't very hot on the idea. He says, well, we can't get everybody, we can't. But he says, yeah, we're also getting a little long on the tooth here, but...
0: Grumpy it, old men behaving badly, would it
1: be? Something like that. Yep. Thursday, Skins, we were just talking about it, finishes its run on E4. Alan Carr, Chatty Man, is on Channel 4. With absolutely nobody you've ever heard of. So I yep. didn't even bother to mention him. All right. And the final part of Eddie Izzard, Marathon Man, is on BBC3.
0: Yeah, a lot of the press for that show was kind of wondering why it was on BBC3 and not one or two.
1: It's getting a compilation repeat on BBC1, I think, on Sunday, Saturday night or Sunday.
0: And so apparently he ended up on a lot of covers, too, so... He is getting some press there because much like when David Williams swam the channel, he made a lot of pledges while he was doing it, but that when they re-ran the special, people pledged even more. So that has been the hope for Eddie's gargantuan run around the UK as well. That yeah, He actually made the pledges while
1: he was in the water?
0: Hmm? <laughs> they did. They had people in the... Well, people, other people were making he, pledges. Yeah, okay. He, well, they were giving him updates. They would tell him, keep swimming, keep swimming. And he would say, all right, I will. And... Wow. Swim on.
1: Speaking of sports, Friday the Telethon Sports Relief is on BBC One all evening except for a break for the 10 o'clock news. It will feature segments such as How About Match of the Day Does MasterChef? So Gary Lineker, Alan Hansen, and Mark Lawrenson try their hands at competitive cooking. Or How About Dragon's Den Does Strictly Come Dancing? Yes, Duncan Bannatyne and Peter Jones take to the dance floor. Or How About the Choir's Gareth Malone gets a bunch of sporting heroes to sing together or how about ashes to ashes starring michael parkinson all this will be on view friday night that sounds fun yes channel four has
0: dom jolly in the black island with the comedian expressing his love and admiration for the character of tintin in this documentary special and i have a soft spot for dom because he was one of the guests on the taping of have i got news for you i attended many
1: years ago he's not quite as high profile as he had been originally no i
0: read an interview with him very recently where he talked about that one time on have i got news for you he didn't go back because he felt he was terrible and he said that ian Hislop was saying you know you have to say something eventually here because he was being so quiet so not as he didn't feel it was his shining hour but
1: i loved him on would i lie to you Mm -hmm. when he tried to bluff saying that he went to school with osama bin laden and it was true. Yep. The, well, that's an interesting anecdote to have. So yes, he's a big fan of Tintin, which I think is coming to cinemas near us, courtesy of Mr. Spielberg and mm-hmm. Mr. Jackson. And Stephen Moffat had been hired to write these they were do three in a row. And he wrote the first script. And then he got this other job, which you may have heard of, and... Had to call up Mr. Spielberg and say, uh, I just got the job I've been waiting for since I was eight years old, so I can't do the other two scripts. And
0: apparently Mr. Spielberg was very
1: understanding. Oh, good. But yeah, we'll be seeing some Tintin movies. They're motion capture like, you know, mm-hmm. Avatar and Polar Express. I don't know if, they're coming, if it's coming this year or next year, but Tintin's coming to the big screen. Over on Digital Repeat Channel Dave, they have a new program it's called Comedy Exchange, where a comic from Britain and one from the United States switch places and see if they can win over audiences in a different country. And first up is Phil Jupitus and Eugene Bierman. Mm.
0: I have a friend who's quite a good comedian, and he was actually did a little tour of the UK and got booked in, into a bit in the comedy store, and the other comedians on that night were just dreadful and horrible to him and he finally asked them why and they were very upset that he had just gotten to play the comedy store coming right over when they'd had to work up to it for years and he said well I was working up to it just in my own country here until I got enough rep and uh, built up to come over and tour and then he went to Australia and had a great time and was welcomed everywhere with open arms and bought beers by the fellow comedians so
1: didn't Eddie Izzard put his act into German and go over to Germany and do that
0: France. He went to France. In Fran-
1: France. In French. Yeah.
0: But I don't I don't think he went to an existing comedy club. They just booked him a table in a pub the first time he did ah. it. There's a special teacher that he's very expensive, mostly actors who need to learn to speak convincing sounding Spanish, take these intensive courses with him for eight hours a day for a week, and Eddie hired him to do some really extensive this guy is Spanish and French, so to to really brush up his French before he went back and tried it again and did much better the second time around hmm. doing his act in French.
1: Well, Comedy Exchange is on Friday night on Dave, which... Well,
0: I'm going to have to tape that for my buddy Dean, who has played the comedy store in London. Okay. Live to tell the tale.
1: Saturday, Harry Hills TV Burp is on ITV1.
0: Sunday, Lark Rise to Candleford. Part 2,489. There's a lot of episodes
1: this season, isn't there? Yes,
0: continues on BBC One.
1: And Monday, Bang Goes the Theory is on BBC One.
0: The documentary series, The Lakes, continues on ITV One, as well as Married Single Other.
1: Tuesday is Law & Order UK on ITV One. Shameless continues on Channel 4. Yes. I think things are just kind of quieting down here in March, but lots of stuff coming in April. So stay tuned if none of this is rocking your boat. On BBC America this week, Friday, it's Chet Show Night with Friday Night with Jonathan Ross and the Graham Norton Show. Saturday, the second season of the remake of Survivors starts. Yes, I'm looking forward to seeing the second season. I hear it got better. And Monday, it's Top Gear. Wednesday, Channel 4's high school comedy The In-Betweeners. The Discovery Channel begins running David Attenborough's nature documentary series Life on Sunday. It's been Americanized with narration by Oprah Winfrey, but the amazing high-definition photography will make it worth your while if you like these kind of nature documentaries.
0: The Independent Film Channel runs the sketch comedy series Wrong Door Tuesday nights.
1: Shameless is Friday on the Sundance Channel.
0: On Adult Swim, on Friday night, starting at midnight, is a double shot of The Mighty Boosh, followed by The Office, and Then Look Around You. Garth Marenghi's Dark Place is at 5 a.m. Saturday morning. How many boosh are there? They did eight and six and six, so 20. 20 boosh.
1: Wow. Yeah. Well, they must be doing pretty well for Adult Swim. They wouldn't be running two in a row. DVD releases. Wish Me Luck, Series 1. This 1987 ITV drama series is about British women sent undercover to France to spy during World War II. It stars Kate Buffery, Jeremy Norton, Jane Asher, and Julian Glover. In this scene, a middle class housewife and mother gets an offer from the posh but mysterious Jane Asher.
2: Faith Ashley, how do you do? Won't you sit down? Excuse the somewhat uh, unsalubrious surroundings. Like most of London, it's seen better days. I've not been up for a while. Oh, you've been living in... uh, Devon? Yes, I took my daughter down there when the Blitz started. We live with my mother. You have just the one child? Yes.
3: How old is she? Nearly five.
2: School age, then? Almost. And your husband? Is he in the forces?
3: Yes, he's in Cairo at present. Staff HQ.
2: Any other family?
3: I had a brother. He was killed in action several months ago. I'm sorry. Were you close? Very. Our parents were stationed abroad for most of our childhood, so we were rather thrown together. As you know,
2: uh, the Admiralty passed your letter on to us. You've evidently spent a lot of time in France.
3: It's my second home. Was.
2: You say you know the Brague area well. Yes. I've got all my photographs here if you'd like to. Oh, yes, I'll. Uh... I'll look at them later. You also spent two years at the
3: Sorbonne. Yes, a friend of mine, Claudine, was studying in Paris too, and we stayed with an aunt of hers in Passy. Et vous bien français? Assez moment, pratique.
2: Oh, you certainly speak the language well. So do you. I was at the embassy in Paris for some time ah so that's
3: how you came to join the war office as
2: a matter of fact i'm not with the war office i actually work for another organization that's in confidence of course mrs granger has it ever occurred to you that your knowledge of france and the french might be of use to the war effort you mean translating or something there are various possibilities
3: well it would be difficult for me to take a job because of vicky my daughter
2: She'll soon be at school, you said.
3: There's still holidays.
2: Who's looking after her while you're up here?
3: My mother. Perhaps I could manage some part-time work. I'd very much like to. Oh, a bottle jam, knit socks, wipe evacuees' noses, but anyone could do that. No, I'd like to help if I can.
1: The series ran on PBS in the 1990s, which is when I saw it. And at one point, my mom was like, I need stuff to watch. You must have a bunch of British things. What would I like? And I handed her this series, and she actually grooved on it quite a bit. So, mother approved. That's Wish Me Luck. You ever say it? No. I really got into it. It was Hmm. very interesting.
0: Mr. Bean's Most Memorable Moments is a 73-minute compilation DVD of the popular Rowan Atkinson character.
1: How can we milk this a little bit more yep. so you don't already have the videos? But if you don't, probably a good starter. And the Ruth Rendell Mysteries Collection is a massive 11-disc set with 17 mysteries filled with an all-star cast.
0: Oh. All right. <laughs>
1: Our feature this week is on Mira Sayal. Now, I have to confess, a day and a half ago, I had no clue what we were going to talk about this week or the week after. I had visions of this being our shortest and, who knows, maybe our most popular podcast. But inspiration struck while watching the BBC comedy Beautiful People and seeing Mira Sayal that she would be perfect for her feature this week. And then an hour later, I received an email telling me that the BBC had finally scheduled Ashes to Ashes for the week of March 29th, which means we can do our long planned feature on star Philip Glenester for show 25. And then show 26 will be our feature on the career of Stephen Moffat. And I saw today that BBC America will begin showing new episodes of that Mitchell and Webb look and peep show on April 7th. So that gives us a topic for show 27. Woo! Woohoo! Four shows in a row planned! That's half the job is, what are we going to talk about? The actual talking about it is easy. It's just, what what are we going to say? What will people be interested in? So Mira Sayal was born in Wolverhampton in 1961 to Punjabi-born parents who had moved to England from India. She made guest appearances on TV in the 1990s in the usual places, Taggart, The Bill, Soldier, Soldier... But her big claim to fame was being part of the Asian comedy group Goodness Gracious Me, along with Sanji Bhaskar, Kulvinder Geer and Nina Wadia, which started off on radio in 1996 and made the transfer to television two years later. Now, Asians in Britain can refer to people from India and Pakistan. Probably the most famous sketch to appear on Goodness Gracious Me is the Going Out for an English, which we've already played on this podcast back on show 14. I'll put a link on the show notes to a YouTube video of it. It's worth seeing. One of my favorite characters of hers was playing Smina Smitten, an aggressive showbiz reporter.
3: Yo, busyguards. Yeah, it's me, Smita Smitten, Showbiz Kitten, clawing away through the showbiz literary to find you hot chunks of fresh, steamy gossip to chew over in the comfort of your own living room. Right, my little pussycats, guess who's been invited to the fabulous new premiere of the latest Hollywood blockbuster? Guess? Me, that's right. Everyone who's anyone is going to be there, you know? Brad, Kevin, Keanu. Brad. And anyone who's not anyone will just have to watch me as I mingle with all the top cats. We're here. It's your time, pussycats. <laughs>
0: <laughs> wow. We open
3: at 10 o'clock tomorrow morning. Oh, look. There's the gorgeous Art Malik.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> also the late... 90s, Mira appeared in the BBC sitcom Keeping Mum as Tina. My review of the time was Stephanie Cole stars as the world's most annoying mother. Her poor suffering son, Martin, must put up with her shenanigans as he attempts to reconcile with his ex wife, played by Mira, whom Mom despises. Clearly, Martin's outclassed. And this had been based on an Australian sitcom called Mother and Son. Starting in 2001, she appeared as the feisty granny in the mock chat show The Kumar's at Number 42, which also starred Sanjeev Baskar. The premise was an Indian family in Britain had a lazy, worthless son who wanted to be a chat show host, so they built him a set in the backyard and celebrities, real celebrities, would come and be interviewed by this supposed amateur. But it was Mira in old age makeup who got the best lines.
0: Right, because Sanjeev would have his whole family, they all wanted to get in on the act. They'd built the studio after all, so they'd all be asking questions, and usually his mother, the character of his mother, would say, do you have any children? That was
1: just a standard question always. Well, here's a bit with her and Stephen Fry, and she definitely comes up with something that Sanjeev couldn't in a million years. someone got an intelligent question? Okay, Stephen, um that naturalists are observing sensitive
3: ecosystems are subject to the Heisenberg principle i.e. the act of measuring alters the behavior of the object being measured
1: i'm, I think, I'm sorry I I think that's it, the best you're going to get no, no, no. i think that is a profoundly intelligent and interesting question i would
3: say so however however that it comes down not so much to the heisenberg principle of 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 altering events by observing them, because that's more true of discrete quantum phenomena in the cosmos and I think in the case of (laughs) observing animals it's really more just a question of solipsism which goes all the way back to the idea of Bishop Barclay and if a cow is alone in the field does it exist if there's no one there to perceive it? Essay est per if you remember the phrase. It's certainly true of animals that, of course, the act of observation alters their behavior. But that is a, that is a causal chain, not, 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 not a quantum one, which is in any way akin to that of the Heisenberg Principle. So mm-hmm. I think it's, it is a different... Uh,
1: <laughs> I love you. Okay. Oh, <laughs> right, okay. That's
3: very in 2002,
1: she appeared in a terrible BBC comedy, All About Me. Well, she wasn't terrible, but my, my review was, Jasper Carrot and Mira star in this ill-conceived BBC sitcom about a blended family. Perhaps the creators thought it was cutting edge to not only combine a mixed-race family, but also humor and drama in the form of the disabled wheelchair-bound son who narrates the show but can't speak in real life. It so doesn't work, and Carrot is far too broad for this material, but frankly, I can't imagine it succeeding with anyone else either. Jasper Carrot originally was a stand-up mm-hmm. and impressionist, and they gave him this kind of quasi-dramatic role. Yeah. Well, Mira left after the first season. Smart woman! And Nadia
0: replaced her. They Oh, gosh. Yep, so she was wife number two, except the same wife, but, you know, recast. I couldn't sit through all about me. I was really like, what
1: were they thinking?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I, I was the same way, too, and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like a lot of things, but boy, when I hate something, I really hate it, and that was something I really hated. In 2007's Jekyll, written by Stephen Moffat, she played a lesbian private detective who uncovers some uncomfortable facts about Dr. Jekyll. That was a really great drama. Right? yeah. And she kept popping up. You kept thinking, oh, her part's over. And then she kept popping up again. In fact, the best thing I liked about Jekyll, i will probably talk about this in a couple of weeks, was in the first part, they have all these female characters. You have the psychiatrist, you have his wife, you have the private detective, and they just seem so incidental to everything and very underwritten. And Because and, you're much more interested in, in following Jekyll and Hyde because of the great performance by James Nesbitt. But... Moffat is very clever, and the women come to be more and more important to the whole plot as you go on there, and there's just great payoffs to that, I and mean, it's really great, satisfying drama. In 2008, Mira appeared in the BBC comedy *Beautiful People*, that was set in 1998 about a gay designer growing up in Reading. So he's, he's now designer of windows in London. So he's looking back 10 years to his mm-hmm. life when he's a teenager. And they get to make all sorts of jokes about 1998, basically. Mirror played his blind Auntie Haley, who lived with a family. In this episode, for some reason, breaks into a musical number. Hello, Holistic Haley speaking. You see, around that time, my Aunt Haley had set herself up in business as a telephone astrologer.
3: People think that I'm a loony blind bird Who can't twig day from night A braless hippie with a hound that's whiffy Her fart's worse than her bites. Too much hair upon my lady garden Fashion from the bring and buy. But now I'm reading from a psychic plane With my brown all-seeing eye Seeing is believe I don't need a white stick. I just perceive it. Would you believe it? I see. Hello, Holistic Kylie speaking. What star sign are you?
1: In fact, the, the joke in that episode was that Danny Minogue keeps calling for advice. And Mira won't believe that it's really Danny Minogue. She says, my son listens to Danny Minogue. You don't sound anything like her. Because he's confusing Danny and Kylie. Ah, uh. Last year, Miras appeared in the medical drama Holby City as Tara Sadi, And later this year, and I did not know this, honest to God, you may sound like I'm trying to trying to slip in Doctor Who whenever I can, but when I, I chose this topic, I did not know this until today when I looked it up, that she is going to be in the a two-part Doctor Who episode this season, playing a character called Nazreen Chudhli. And I have no idea whether she's a goodie or a baddie, but clearly she's part of the Stephen Moffat repertory team now, and he's called on her services to be in this. And I have no idea if she's going to be an incidental character or if she's the most important person in there. We'll find out when it gets broadcast. Things like episodes eight and nine, so like, like uh, late May. So cool.
0: I wanted them to go against the description in the Harry Potter books and make Mira. Rita Skeeter. I just thought she'd be perfect for that. Miranda Richardson was good too, but I just always saw Mira when I read the book originally. I was making a magnificent Rita Skeeter.
1: Miranda went off book. She was not the way the character was described, Mm -hmm. and and they really chopped her out quite a bit. In fact, there's a whole big subplot with her and Hermione that's not in the movies at all.
0: A lot of subplots, though, got left on the cutting room floor, but... Yep, in my Harry Potter fantasy casting, I would have put Mira in there.
1: Yeah, that's a good idea. I think that would have worked. Now, Mira is also a writer, and she's written three novels.
0: I've read the first two.
1: Tell me about them.
0: Anita and Me is her semi-autobiographical fictionalized novel, but it is of a nine-year-old, I believe she's nine, girl of um, Indian immigrant parents who are both pretty upwardly mobile. They both work hard and... She said most people in her situation, um, the parents would have chosen to live in a fairly nice apartment, but the mother really wanted some green and trees around her. So they're in kind of a rundown council estatey area where they can have a big backyard. And so the nine-year-old character has two very separate faces. She presents. She's the dutiful Indian daughter who is meant to do well in studies and mind her parents and be good and sweet. And then out in the yard, she has to be pretty darn tough because if you're knocked over, you can't cry. And you have to, if somebody wants to fight you, you have to fight. And then her mother has a second child. Well, this the young girl whose name I can't recall right now is, you know, pretty nine or ten years old and gets postpartum depression, and so the grandmother who she's never met and who doesn't speak English comes over from India and it's kind of her getting to know her grandmother and things that happen. And then Anita is a 13-year-old, bad influence, young English chav who gets in all sorts of trouble and involves our young heroine.
1: Did they have chavs from 1996?
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. They just weren't calling them that yet. Okay. This was also made into a film. And you know, I bought the D V D on a discount bin and I can't watch it because the actress they hired to be the nine year old girl can't act at Ooh. all. And I haven't been able to get past that fact to actually watch the whole thing. Mira's in it, Sanjeev's in it, the the whole all her buddies are in it.
1: How autobiographical is it? I mean, how many of those details are true?
0: Growing up kind of tough and having a hard time at school and the and yeah, that definitely I read an interview, and and she said that definitely came from her life. But the whole story of this sort of crime Anita commits and blah, 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 that's thrown in there for dramatic tension. Okay. But the circumstances around her and how her parents, they both work very, very hard and come home, and then the father will just rest while their mother makes this intricate Indian meal and never even uses the oven because that's too easy. She just uses every burner and every st- every pot and pan in the place. And her father obviously enjoys this food immensely and it's doing something good for his soul. But he never really says thank you or that was good or let me do the dishes. And her mother just, that's just the way it is. Her mother doesn't seem to really mind. And the young girl's thinking, well, this isn't fair. What's going, my mother works just as hard as my father. And wondering if she should say something about it.
1: Mira is the same age I am, so this if she's 9 years old, this would have been in 1970. Mm-hmm. So, you know, late 60s early 70s. So, yeah. Pretty early days for women's liberation, especially in Britain.
0: And then the um, second book, I don't it didn't stick to me as much as Life Isn't All Ha Ha, ha he, he, which is just the story of three contemporary ladies of Indian descent but English in contemporary London times having different intrigues and scandals and affairs and fights and then getting back together again and being friends
1: sounds like *Sex in the city
0: bit like that yeah okay yep and she also she's wrote a book for musical i'm gonna say bombay dreams with the shakalaka baby yep she wrote that but i know that the whole book got rewritten when it moved to broadway they kept the music but they tossed her book but it did run for a long time in great britain and Like Stephen Fry rewriting Me and My Girl, she rewrote the book for that. So Hmm. she's been doing a lot.
1: And then her third book in 2003 was Sorry Jeans und Chili Schoten. Chili Schoten? Chili Schoten. Yeah.
0: Uh, That I haven't read. Okay. The Life Isn't All Ha-Ha-He-He. It was interesting. I noticed we had a very good bookstore in Seattle until just weeks ago when it finally closed called Bally Coy. And... A local newspaper would publish not the national top ten lists, but what was selling at Ballycoy that week. And her book did really well there. It ended up on the top ten lists. So I'm assuming it was a staff recommendation, and people took it at the word and bought a lot of copies of it. But I remember going, "Oh, Mira's book! Yeah, it's on the list."
1: So, in addition to being you know an actress, she's a very good writer.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And in 2005, she married. Her (laughs) grandson. Oh, come on.
0: Not really. She married Sanjeev, who she'd known forever. And then they just took a little first-class flight to Australia to promote the Kumars at 42. And by the time they landed, they were just sort of starry-eyed in love and wondering why they hadn't noticed each other years earlier.
1: Yeah, they've been working together for at least 10 Mm -hmm. years.
0: And she'd been in full grandma drag playing his grandma for a couple years too and then had been in goodness gracious me together
1: wow it's just weird to have yeah. a co-worker like that and and finally hook it up but they have a kid right yes yep she was very pregnant when
0: she was on darren brown's show and he did a trick for her and then oh i the didn't light- see that one he did with the lights off well if if it's not on youtube i'll put it up and then we can link to oh it. yeah i just
1: i didn't i missed a few of that season but uh, yeah oh cool
0: Yep, and then he turned the lights on it was the usually once per season he will actually show how he did a trick and sometimes you can't really believe his explanation but this one was pretty straightforward because he did it in the dark and then he showed it with an infrared camera of exactly how he'd done what he did to have rings bouncing from one of her arms to
1: the other arm without... oh okay now it rings a bell okay, okay. I remember now yep. Right. so that's Mira Sayal. yep Next week it's Detective Chief Inspector the Gov himself from Life on Mars and Ash to Ashes, actor Philip Glenester. And we'll talk about his career. He goes back to clogging off episodes with Paul Abbott.
0: Yep, he's done a lot of costume drama as well. He's done Oh yeah. He's done plenty.
1: So we'll dig that out and I will find out the answer to your question, which you asked me several weeks ago, which is has he ever appeared with his brother? And Yeah imdb to the rescue i'll find yep, out the answer we will do it. definitely at least it'll be on tv or movies of course they don't cover theater and god only knows how much theater they've done but next week philip glenester because ashes to ashes coming back third and final season ba-dum, ba-dum, bum, bum. meanwhile why don't you go visit our website at www.britishtvpodcast.com. we've got headlines show notes links to things we've talked about here what's on tv this week an archive of old shows, all the shows, in fact. And you can send us feedback at feedback at com. We'd love to hear from you. Maybe you have an idea for a future show because we got to do 52 of these a year. and <laughs>
0: <laughs> We'll get there. We'll get there.
1: That's right. So we'll be back next week. Will we? Yes, we, we will. will. All right. Come hell or high water. All right. Goodbye. Bye-bye.